Welcome to Two Guys Talking Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about youth ministry culture, leadership, and strategy, led by two local youth pastors, along with other youth leaders from around the country. Now here's your hosts, Matt Willingham and John Kilowatt. We're here right now with our 15th episode, one five of two guys talking, talking youth, youth ministry. ministry. Number 15, bro. Yeah. And well, what? Not only is it episode 15, PJ, what is it? we have officially eclipsed the thousand download mark. I need proof. Well, I mean, I can show you when when we're done, but I can, yeah, I'll give you the proof. Oh, okay. But we've we've officially eclipsed. A thousand downloads. We want to say thank you to all of you who are downloading, those of you who are sharing yeah. it. And those of you who are giving us feedback, man, appreciate uh, the questions, appreciate the comments, appreciate yeah. the constructive criticism well, yeah. we have received. We've, yeah. we've appreciated that. And even the... Uh, it only know, stings for a minute, <laughs> is what I've learned. <laughs> even the pats on the backs of like, hey, man, you are doing a good job. Keep it up. You'll get better. And, uh, yeah, Keep it you'll, up. You'll come into you'll your own. <laughs> and so, uh, hey, listen, again, if you don't know how to get in touch with us, uh, you can connect with us on Facebook with uh, at our Essential Coaching page. Yeah. Um, or you can email us at... John at EssentialCoaching.us. Or Matt at EssentialCoaching.us. And listen, we've been telling you, we've been promising. I don't know about you, John, but I personally got tired of hearing our voice over the summer. Yeah. People was traveling, vacations. And we said, we said, listen, come fall time, we've got some lineups coming. We've got some people that's going to join us on yeah. our podcast. And today, yep. oh, man, we are super excited about today. Yeah. Because today... We have a lead pastor that's going to be joining our podcast. Yep. This man is not only, he's not just any lead pastor. Uh-uh. Uh, he is our lead pastor. Yeah, the lead pastor. The lead pastor of all lead pastors, we believe. And not <laughs> only is he my lead pastor, my boss, he's also my dad, so I'm pretty excited right. about it. And uh, so, no, we're not going to get into some family dynamics and talk yeah. about how he raised me and how I yeah. caused him heartache and all that good stuff. But um, he has just released... <laughs> His book on, I don't even know why you're laughing. I don't want to know the comment. But he's just, <laughs> he's just released his book on Amazon.com. You can go check it out. It's called The Most Powerful Voice in Your Life. We've both read it. Uh, we left some reviews. It's a great, yeah. I, think, I think it's a book everybody needs to read. It's very legit. Um, so we're going to take you to our conversation with the one and only Dr. Phil. Some people say, like, oh, but there's another Dr. Phil, but he's the OG. Oh, yeah. This is the original. This is the OG Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil Willingham, our lead pastor. We're going to take you to the conversation right now. Hope you enjoy it. All right. We are here right now with Dr. Phil Willingham, who, as we've just said, uh, has just launched his book on Amazon.com, on iBooks, and uh, he's going to share a little bit from that book. But before we do that, Dr. Phil, why don't you, uh, why don't you just give us a little bit about yourself before we get into your new book. Hey, thanks, John. It's an honor to be with uh, you guys. And hey, just uh, see what God's doing in your lives and your ministry. And um, I think you've already shared that you guys hang out with us here with ministry. Yeah, you know, I started ministry when I was 16 years old and uh, actually left home and started traveling, tent preaching, uh, set up the gospel tent, did the organ, did the singing, just kind of did it all. Uh, we would call that word internship today is what guys are accustomed to. Back in those days, it was just working for nothing almost and uh, just, you know, having a heart for God, having a heart for ministry. Um, so it's been now about 45 years that I've been at some point of full-time ministry. I've been married now for 43 years. I've uh, been serving as a lead pastor 
now of Heartland Christian Center in Valparaiso, Indiana. Uh, we're finishing our 17th year just in the next couple of days, a uh, couple months. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's exciting. I enjoy ministry, enjoy what God has called me to do, and um, just kind of continue to look forward to the future on that. That's good. That's good. And we're here today, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit, and we'll probably ask, we're going to be asking some questions just about ministry, just about life in general. And, uh, you know, a lot of youth pastors, uh, many of you are listening to this, youth leaders. We even know some youth leaders that listen to this, people in the ministry context in general. And so that this book uh, that you've wrote, The Most Powerful Voice in Your Life, you must uh, definitely be talking about uh, you know, in a, in a ministry context, you must be talking about the most powerful voice in your life. It has to be, as a youth pastor, the senior pastor is the most powerful voice. Is, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that, is that what the book is all about? Don't we all wish that? <laughs> Don't we? All senior pastors wish we had that much power over our student pastors and kids pastors, whatever. No, you know, uh, Matt, I, I've noticed over the years, again, having, I grew up in church and um, had a Christian home, and I, I thank God for my heritage, my background, and yet there was a lot of religion in in where I was at. It was Pentecostal, it was very uh, um, religious, very strict, a lot of rules. So you always kind of found yourselves battling, I think, sometime with, with what God says in his word, and then how do you live that out? And he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me if I'm doing well. He lo- He doesn't love me if I'm not doing well. And uh, But I, I begin to discover the most powerful voice in a person's life isn't uh, their parents, it isn't even God. You know, some people say, well, yeah, God dominates everything. But yet you think about how many times have you heard people say, well, I felt like God told me to do this, and yet they talked themselves out of doing it. They didn't yeah. do what God asked them to do. I mean, most people get in trouble not because we don't know what to do. It's just that we're not doing what we already know. Yeah, I think so it's true. Dr. John Maxwell who who said that most people are educated beyond their level of obedience. Yeah. In other words, if God didn't tell me to do anything new from, from now forward, I've got plenty to just try to continue to navigate through and be obedient in the things I already know. So the voice thing comes into the part of being in tune with the fact that our words often dominate ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not what God says. It's not what the senior pastor says. It's a lot of times it's it's our own conversations that we have within ourselves. You know, we, we can uh, speak at the rate of about 120 words a minute, but we think at the rate of 1,300 words a minute. Wow. So you think about that. If you've got 1,300 words a minute going through your head and and just uh, 10, per, uh, 10 minutes of negative, despondent, discouraging talking, I mean, that, that gives you 13,000 destructive, discouraging words that gets pumped in your spirit every 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So you wonder sometimes why so many people get down, and, and ministers do this. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of where the book come out of. I see so many people who love God, they have a heart for God, and yet they continue to struggle, you know, time and time again. Uh, you know, oftentimes people think every problem is a spiritual problem. And uh, what what happens is if, if you think every problem is a spiritual problem, 
you you very quickly start doubting your your relationship with Christ, or you start doubting it at, at the least your own spiritual maturity. Yeah. Well, why 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 haven't I prayed enough for this? Why haven't I fasted? Enough? And again, I believe in praying. I believe in fasting. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But yet, so many times, our own words and and the thoughts that we have can override. All the prayer and all the fasting and all what the Bible says about said because we keep allowing those negative things to come up against us like yeah. that. That's that's so, so good. Well, what about even in, in your own life, Dr. Phil? I know you you wrote this book and you kind of hit on where the the idea and the thought of the book and why you wrote it. But you just said, I mean, over forty years of ministry, been doing ministry at you know since the age of sixteen. You know, been at now this church you serve as a lead pastor for 17 years so i mean you've been in it so long you must uh you've probably mastered this maybe you've never had any 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 issues with your self talk or, or maybe or maybe you probably i think i think it's safe to say you probably all have maybe just be really honest with us and and give one moment maybe one or two instances but have you ever looked back on your life and say man that was a moment in my life that had i not been able to control the the, the most powerful voice in my life, the only thing I was saying to myself, this could have been a, that was a turning point for me. Yeah. Well, I, you know, absolutely. I mean, there, there has been, you know, several, I think, key moments in my life. Uh, you know, I made mention I left home when I was 16, um, you know, and I started traveling. I'd had a car accident, broke my back in, in five places, laid flat on my back for six weeks, come out of the bed, they put me in a back brace, and I was having constant, tremendous back pain. You know, couldn't sleep. Didn't sleep in the bed. Slept on the floor. Slept in a chair. What little I did sleep. So I, you know, I went in. I look back now. You know, that's, yeah, uh, you know, have has been you know 45, 46 years ago. I look back now. Probably went into depression. Uh, you know, it just wasn't identified as that. Uh, I just really got lost. I didn't know what I was going to do, other than the fact. Something inside of me, I, I kept, I remember telling myself, I'm just not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. Doctors want to do surgery, all that. I just, I just didn't go that route. And only by the grace of God, I didn't get hooked on pain pills and, and, and drugs because I hate to take pills. I mean, you know, even today I have to crush pills up in, in apple <laughs> applesauce when I take it. I hate pills, you know. And the doctors was trying to push pills on me and painkillers. And it's just by the grace of God that I didn't go that route and get get strung out on drugs or whatever. But I remember kept telling myself, I will get through this. I can get through this. Now, I didn't know how, but I remember that was one of those moments where my self-talk kind of helped you know, we we now, you know, uh, our, my oldest child has Down syndrome, and the sunshine's 40 years old. And one of the things about Down syndrome is that they do their, you know, we all self-talk. I tell people, right. we talk to ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. We normally process that stuff in our minds, in our thoughts, and it's not out loud. Yeah. Down syndrome children, one of their traits that they will they will self-talk outward. In other words, sometimes when Sunshine is asked to do something and she won't want to do it, she'll go upstairs and go to her room, shut the door, and you can stand there and listen at the door, and she's in there talking. Now, she has these five guys she says are <laughs> friends. She has yeah. her imaginary <laughs> friends. But basically, she's self-talking. She'll talk her way through that, yeah. that scenario. 
And then, you know, five, ten minutes later, she'll come downstairs. Uh, hey, Dr. Phil, I'm sorry. I love you. And she'll apologize. And then she'll, she'll move on to whatever we ask her to do, whatever. And, you know, so we all self-talk. It's just that um, sometimes it's not the recognition of that. And then is it positive or is it negative? Right. And the sad thing about it for majority of people is that negative stuff that, that we process. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, so, you know, repetition, I always tell people, repetition is a very convincing arg argument. You ask any parent who has a child, hey, mama, can I? Hey, daddy, can I? And they just keep, and finally, you'll pair, oh, well, okay, go ahead. Repetition has that, has that convincing argument. And, and what happens in negative self-talk, it becomes that constant repetition of, you know, you're going to fail, you won't succeed, you won't make it. And I think sometimes as ministers talking to, to, to guys out there today in the ministry side of things, where even where we're praying and we're fasting, we're reading the Bible, and, you know, we want to hear God's voice, and much of the time we do, most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, know that there's that inward self-talk often going on that that is very destructive, that's telling us the opposite of what God says. Right. And sometimes it can point to circumstances that are true. Sometimes it, it can it can point to other things that are that are not true. You know, I have one of the things I talk about in, in my book is that that what happens to us is often out of our responsibility, but what happens in us is our responsibility. Right. Yeah, that's good. We, we can't always control the outward circumstance. I'll yeah. give you another incident. You know, um, 18 years ago, before I came to serve as, as lead pastor here at Heartland, um, we were serving at another church in the South, had went there, had taken over this church. It had about 20 people. And, uh, you know, they said, hey, we don't want the we don't want the average, uh, you know, leader. We want somebody thinks outside the box. And I thought, man, I don't even know what the box is sometimes. Yeah. I'm so far. Yeah. And I thought, man, this is great. It was in an area. It was, you know, I'd move back closer to family. And I thought, man, this is this is God's ultimate design. Uh, you know, the only better place is going to be to heaven. Well, 18 months later, I'm in a business meeting on a Sunday night and 150 people have showed up and only 20 people's voting. And for the first time in my life, I get voted out of that church. Wow. I mean, basically, wow. I get fired. I'd never been fired. I've been working since I was six years old yeah. at doing something. And uh, I've always, I'm a hard worker. And, but our church had grown from 20 to about 150 people. We had a lot of kids, a lot of youth coming in. And these were great people, but there was lack of vision. There was yeah. division. Uh, I had a vision, uh, was trying to share it with the church. And, and, I, and I thought that was their vision. It wasn't. So they decided, no, nah, you know, you're out of here. Um, I was devastated. Yeah. We, we took our family. We moved back north, um, you know, about four or five hours where we had a home, and we moved back into it. And I started traveling, speaking on the weekends, went back to, to physical work, trying to pay the bills, and, uh, you know, because I, I, have, I have talents, and I appreciate that's one of the gifts that my dad handed to his sons, you know, construction. And yeah. so I'm working. I am so miserable. You know, I've, I got a job for one roofer, and, and I'm, you know, would get there early in the morning because it's summertime, and I'm outside, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm just bawling like a baby. I'm miserable. I feel like, 
you know, I'm a failure. I feel like, what did I do wrong? And a few mornings after that, I'm out sitting on my porch one morning with a cup of coffee, and I call myself praying. I call myself, I'm seeking God. I'm just having a pity party. I'm feeling sorry for myself. You know, poor old me. And, you know, I learned years ago, John, that when you have a pity party, nobody shows up but me, myself, and I. You know, (laughs) nobody nobody wants to go to those poor old me parties. And uh, I'm having that. And Sunshine, well, again, has Down syndrome. She, she comes up and comes outside. Now, she normally never gets up early. She's a late sleeper. If I get out of bed, you know, she'll stay in bed. And uh, she comes out there and she said, uh, can I sit with you? This is before I had my doctor's degree because she, yeah. she still called me dad. Now, uh, crazy thing, <laughs> as soon as I got my doctor's degree that night, she was there and she's seen them pronounce me Dr. Phil. She's never called me dad since then. <laughs> she's, I've always been Dr. Phil to her. But this is when I was still yeah. dad to her. She come out there, and I went and got a cup of coffee, so we sitting there. She sits on the left side of me, sitting on this little bench on, on our deck, and uh, I'm, I'm crying, I'm, I'm praying, and she looks at me, and, she, you know, Down syndrome, their, their, their roof of their mouth is, is deeper, their tongue is thicker. So they, yeah. you know, even with sunshine, her, her language is, is uh, difficult to understand. Yeah. So she said in her Down syndrome way, you know, Daddy, God love you. God, mm-hmm. God love you. Something like that, yeah. you know. In her, and I just kind of patted her on the knee. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then all of a sudden, it's as if the Holy Spirit rose up in her, and she took her hand, and she took my her hand and uh, my cheek in her hand, and turned my head towards her, and she said, "No, God loves you, wow. not pastor you, not evangelist you." Not reverend you, he loves you. Wow. And John, for that first time, in that moment, I began to get away from my identity, being tied to a position and a title. And through God and through the Holy Spirit and self-talk, I began to say, you know what? He does love me. Yeah. He does have a plan for me. There, there's something more. And out of that, I began to say, you know what? This is a season in my life. This is a time. It, it, it's not eternity. It's not forever. Uh, and I, I remember, you know, in that same process one day, these, these pastors, I'm eating lunch and these pastors show up and I'm, you know, I didn't have money for lunch. I'm drinking water in a, in a, in a Burger King and these guys come in the door and I see them five guys and I see them and I, I, I think they see me, but they don't say nothing to me. And yeah. as soon as that happens, my negative self-talk, yeah, you know, they look, they're embarrassed. They don't want to say nothing to you. And I just started with that. And I got started getting so mad. Yep. I wanted to go over and give them the five-fold fellowship, you know, <laughs> hand slap across. But as I sit there, I begin to realize, hey, can I get it's not what happens to me is that is in my control. It's what it's what I do with that. Right. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that, that, that dream that's falling or that, that decision that didn't come through? Again, I'd done everything I thought I could do at that church to, to, to move forward, but it wasn't yeah. going to be. And again, as I, as I started learning from that, and I sit there with these guys, and finally I got up and I said, I'm going to go across there, and I'm going to just give them a piece of my mind. Yeah. And then I thought, well, my mind is not very much, so I don't have too many pieces <laughs> left, so I better hold on to what I got. So, But I did as I walked across the room. I, I started telling hey, this is a season. God's still got a plan. There's still yeah. a purpose. You're gonna, and by the time I made it to them, 
all five guys stood up and they said, oh, you know, Pastor Phil, man, we've been praying for you. We were sitting here and we wanted to say something we didn't know, but we just want to let you know we're, we're, we're lifting you up. Not though. Everything that I built yeah. up in my mind was totally false. Right. And uh, that's the way self-talk can be. So, yeah. in, in the, again, my book, I talk about we have to constantly monitor that. Matt may mention, hey, you've mastered it. No, nobody masters right. it. I always tell people we always can have skill slippage yeah. and go back in, into, into something that's old. But those are a couple times and ways in which um, I have identified. And that, that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. You have to identify. Right. What, is, this, is this thought... Is it taking me up or taking me down? Yeah. It, you know, and one of the things I talk about in the book is allowing the Holy Spirit to help edit the story that you constantly tell yourself. Right. See, it, it isn't so much about what happens to us sometimes. It's the story that we tell ourselves constantly yeah. that can either take you up or take you down. Right. I've known people who had worse things happen to them than somebody else. And yet, because of the story that they told to themselves about that incident, it made them a better person rather than a bitter person. Yeah. And I've known other people who went through less. It wasn't near as horrible as somebody else across the street or, you know, another minister. But the story that they told, you yeah. know, I remember one, I had one uh, pastor friend, he's ready to quit the ministry because he was at a church for a little bit and, and he wanted a two weeks vacation. He just got hired there. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he's ready to quit over not getting two weeks vacation. And I've seen other guys go through tremendous heartache, uh, heartbreak. Uh, and, and, and yet they just keep going on. So, you know, we have to constantly ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us edit that story. What is the story? And I think for some of the guys that's maybe listening even today, uh, you, you know, whether you're a student pastor, you're a leader, you, you know, personally in your own life, ministry, it, it, the things that you're doing, you have to constantly say, Holy Spirit, help edit. Don't let the enemy don't let me give a, a, a foothold to the enemy to put something in my life that tears me down rather than builds me up. Right. You know, I, I, I want to learn. I want to be a constant, you know, you, you have to decide, am I going to be a victim? Am I going to be a learner? Yeah. Victims will always be, always be victimized. Learners are always learning. Mm -hmm. How, what can I learn from this? That's what I did with that incident that happened, you know, 17 years ago. I, you know, I always tell people, what is, if you're only 1% of the problem, Take responsibility for your 1% yeah. in a marriage, in a, in a ministry, and go back. And again, Dr. Maxwell says it is an experience that, that teaches you. It's a evaluated experience. Yeah, experience isn't thought. the best yeah. teacher. Yeah. If, will you evaluate that experience? Yeah. What did I learn? What was my fault? What could I have mm -hmm. done different? And I went back, and I looked at some of the things of even how I was trying to catch vision. Uh, 17 years ago versus when I came at Heartland, we had 40 people. And today, you know, 13, 1,500 people call this place their home. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot of things different, yeah. but I have learned how to cast vision right. different. Right. I, I, I learned from that. I learned what didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's like Thomas Edison said, hey, I didn't fail 700 times. I learned 700 ways yeah. not to do something, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Those are a couple things in, in my life there. No, that's, I mean, that's incredible stuff. I, and it looks like, and it sounds like, Pastor, what, what you're saying is there's a lot of things that can go in to somebody 
having that negative self-talk. And, you know, maybe it's environment. Maybe it's the voices that they've heard in their lives, you know, maybe growing up or maybe being a, maybe being under a leader at some point in their life where they hear they hear enough negativity that they start speaking it into themselves and and maybe there's some some ministers and some leaders on here and and a lot of the the thoughts that are going in their heads are echoing what has been told to them and I know I know you said it, you you're never a master of this what are do you have anything that maybe you can help um, some of these these pastors and these leaders say you know what we can how, how can we grab a hold of these thoughts and actually and, and make that that pivot? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there something that we can do, even just one thing, just to grab our thoughts? Well, you know, in, in our book, I, I talk about several different principles, you know, concerning. But one of the things I talk about is that we have to bring our big five to God every day. And that's our motives and our attitudes and our thoughts and our words and our actions. We have to bring those five things into alignment with God's word every day you know constantly when 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 something happens to me uh either my fault or somebody else i've got to i've got to ask what's the motive you know sometimes people and i always tell people this and 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 sometimes pastors really have to know this whether you have people working with you along beside you them over you them underneath you just because a person doesn't love you the way that they you think they should it doesn't mean they don't love you at all and, and, and so sometimes I have to be careful that I bring my motives into alignment with, with God's Word. If I'm going to correct somebody, I've got to make sure that I've got relation, relationship with that person. So I'm looking at my motives. I'm looking at my attitude. You know, it's, it's like the guy, you know, laying on his couch. Your grandpa is there, and, and the kids get some Limburger cheese, and they put it right underneath his nose under his mustache, and the, and the that granddad wakes up. And he says, my God, this room stinks. And he gets up and he goes out of the living room, goes into the kitchen. He said, my God, this kitchen stinks. And then he walks outside and he stands on the porch and he said, my God, the whole world stinks. <laughs> but what he didn't realize was it was right underneath his nose and stuff. Oh, that's so and good. I think sometimes that's the way an attitude is. It, it, so true. You know, sometimes our attitude is what makes everything else around us think. So if you look at your motive, you look at your attitude, then you start looking at your thoughts. What, what's your thoughts? Because your thoughts are always going to be connected to your motive, your attitude, and then ultimately your action. What am I going to do with this? If this thought, if this thought is of God, that's the reason why Paul said we have to cast down, pull down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And it's very simple. You know, Paul said in Philippians 4, hey, hey, is it true? It is honest? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it good report? And that's, you know, you'll be amazed how if people will learn how to filter those thoughts, you can, you can head those things off before they take you down to the pit. And then ultimately, your, your thoughts are going to lead to your action. What's your action going to be? Well, if, you're, if your motives and your attitudes and your thoughts and, and your words are, are positive and they're moving you toward, well, your actions are going to end up being a very positive thing for yeah, you. So right. the, those right. are things that, that uh, you know, I, I, I remind people that, hey, th that's, what, that's how where it starts at. And, and those five things you just shared there, uh, Pastor, like what, where do you see, you know, maybe it's yourself personally, maybe just in your counseling as you talk to people, those those five things, where do you see people normally, and, and again, I guess I hate to use that word normally, but most of the time, where do you think the biggest struggle is in those 
five five steps or do you see one do you see it just kind of broad all over the place is there any particular point that people really get stuck in that yeah and i and i think that's a great question but when you look at motives and, and attitude and thoughts and words and actions certainly uh, anybody can 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 get stuck on any one of those things but i think i think it comes down again to the premise of my thought particularly in, in this book is it comes down to those thoughts and those words because basically that's that's where you're you're gearing yourself up for action. It's it's where are my thoughts taking me? Are they taking me up? Or are they taking me down? Are they building me up? Or are they building me down? Going back to when I was 16, my thoughts. If if I would have listened to everything I was hearing on the outside, and then what happens is we have a tendency we hear it, and then we start replaying. It's like a recorder. You start replaying. It's like your CD. It's like yeah. your your podcast. You 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 play. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're ignorant. You can't do this. You're not that. And you start replaying. So that your thoughts right there is beginning to form your words. If I hear that enough, again, going back, one of the things that my dad would tell me uh, about me, you know, education wasn't my gig. I hated school. And yet I'm, I'm the only one in, in my six siblings, uh, you know, there's six of us kids that end up getting a college degree. Uh, you know, I used to hear my teacher say, well, Phil doesn't do good with, with, with education. And dad used to say, well, you know, Phil is good with his hands. He can, he can do anything. And, you know, I play a lot of instruments. One of the things my dad used to say, hey, Phil, you give Phil something with strings on and he'll get a, he'll get a, he'll get a tune out of it. And, and I did. I mean, I believe that. So what you hear, you will, you will reply. And you'll, so I think it's guarding. Your, 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 the, the words that you're hearing, the thoughts is coming in. Again, going through that filtering process. Hey, is this pure? Is this lovely? Is this good? Is this going to build me up? Is this going to tear me down? Is this going to help me? Is this going to hurt me? I mean, you go through that. And you can, you can go through that filter process pretty quick because ultimately that's going to move you to your action. You know, motive sometimes you have to get to the point to simply say, hey, I don't want to live like this anymore. Your attitude puts you to the point that says, hey, I don't have to live like this anymore. Your thoughts begin to help you say, hey, I won't live like this anymore. And the words begin to say, hey, if I can do this, if I do that, yeah. if I start making this, then that moves you into the part that you start doing that. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So the power of your words, the power of, of your thought life, those things that you put in action. When you have those, those, those moments, Pastor, even in your own life, is, and I know this may seem like a very, um, uh, I guess I'm talking about applying this now to, to my life, maybe to those listening. What does that look like as you work through that own process? I mean, you talked about earlier, you identify it. Um, are, are you starting to jot down things and you're, and you're looking at it visually say, man, this is not true? Is it just you're taking captive what you referenced in, in the scripture there? What does that look like, I guess, just on a daily, ba on a daily basis as it plays out in your life when those moments yeah, happen? You know, I, I, think, I think, Matt and John, I think if it's, if it's a big area in your life where you're really struggling at, yeah, it, you know, one of the keys may be simply you sit down and you, you, almost like you do that pro and con, uh, you know, column that you put in. And, and you you start writing stuff down, and you start recognizing, hey, this is negative, this is negative. Oh, here's a positive. And and sometimes you have to identify it. You you do. And some for some people, 
uh, you know, their, their thought process is I need to write it down. I need a visual. I need to be able to see it. So I, I, I do that on some occasion. The more you do this with your life, it can become something, I think, that you train yourself. And again, I tell people, you don't try to do this. You train yourself. I couldn't, I couldn't go out here and run, uh, you know, a 5K. Uh, you know, I'm not a runner. I'm a golfer. I can, I can walk six miles, but I couldn't run 5K. But I tell you what, I, I could train myself. Yeah. And, and I think this is what it is with your words, your negative thing, your self-talk. It isn't about, well, I'm going to try that this week, you know, Dr. Phil. I'm going to try. No, you train yourself to do it. And you start in the small areas. You start with the everyday stuff. You know, it's just the old saying, you get up in the morning, you can say, hey, you know, oh, my Lord, this morning. Or you can say, hey, good morning, Lord, type thing. Those little small yeah. things that you start training yourself yeah. into. That's good. That's yeah. good. You know, what, um, what's maybe a final thoughts, you know, too, here in, a, here in a minute, Dr. Phil, we'll tell them how to get in touch with you and, and how to get your book. But what's maybe some final thoughts when it, on this topic today? We've been talking about the most powerful voice in your life. What's maybe uh, anything else you would like to say to those pastors, those leaders, those people who are listening today on the topic of training? What, what, what you've uh, identified as training and developing the own self-talk in your life? Well, again, I, I think it goes back to something I said earlier is because I see it in a lot of uh, young ministers. I, I see it in a lot of mature guys. You know, I grew up, uh, again, ministry. I have a lot of great uh, men that I've served along beside who prayed, who fasted, who, who just live good lives, good moral people, love God, love their families. But because they thought everything was a spiritual problem, they engaged every problem in their life like, I need to pray more and I need to fast. Versus, I think, on this area of discouragement, despondency, despair, how do we train ourselves to, to, to be able to recognize that negative self-talk is understand it's, it's not rocket science. It's not a spiritual battle always. Go back to Elijah. You know, when Elijah called fire down and, and uh, killed the prophets. I mean, here's this guy having this explosion of God's power power and he runs and he wears himself out physically yeah. he gets exhausted yeah and it takes one letter from Jezebel that says I'm going to kill you and Elijah oh I'm going to die let me die you know he went in this 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 bout of depression and despair to the point that he was he was suicidal yeah and did he need to pray more fast well no what did God do God sent an angel gave him some food and let him sleep yeah. So I think if, if I could tell young ministers anything and leaders, recognize that often sometime, yeah, you pray, yes, you fast, yes, you speak in tongues, yes, whatever. But understand that sometimes this is just, you just got to take authority and, and responsibility to be the gatekeeper of your thought life. And so recognize good. when it's it's just negative thoughts. I can change this. True. I don't need somebody to prophesy over me, lay hands on me today. I just need to stop being so stupid with what I'm saying, what's coming out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so so, good. so the practical side of that to me today for, for some of these guys that's listening is, you know, just, again, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you. Uh, help you edit the story that you tell yourself. 
whether it's success, whether it's defeat. Edit that story. I don't want to be exalted. Neither do I want to fall down into a pity party all the time. But then take responsibility to be the gatekeeper of your of your mind, yeah. of your words. Take responsibility for what comes out, out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Take responsibility for that. Yeah. And God will help you. Again, train, train, train. It's about training, not trying. And, and God can do that. That's Man, that's that's some great stuff today, Pastor. Thanks so much for sharing. I know uh, PJ and I, man, we've just been sitting here soaking it up. It's been some good stuff. Well, if people want to get, uh, before we tell about your book, if people maybe want to, maybe they might ask some questions. Maybe there's some leaders out there that would love to connect with you. Maybe uh, ask some more questions about this, flesh some things. Maybe they would even say, hey, can you help me in this area? What's the best way for people to get in contact with you, Pastor? Well, they can They can just email me. I mean, that's the best way. It's, it's just Pastor Phil, P-H-I-L, Pastor Phil at H. CC, the number three, the letter D, dot com, hcc3d.com. Our website is docfieldw.com, D O C P H I L W. Dot com. Uh, you know, they could go there. They could they could pick up a book there. It's on Amazon. It's on iBooks. You know, you can get the Kindle version if you don't want a a a, a physical copy. Or you, I just email me. Hey, we, we've got, you know, one of the things I like about what I tried to do with this book, because I really feel like this is a message that young people need today, mom and dad needs it. After every chapter, there's, there's three or four good questions. It makes small, small group material. It's really a great book for that particularly with some of the uh, social issues that we're struggling with today and our young people are going through with identity. This is a great book that kind of brings it back to, to the basis. So, yeah, just docfieldw.com or amazon.com for the book. Email me, Pastor Phil, HCC. 3D.com. Perfect, and we'll put that. You know what we'll do, John? We'll put the uh, we'll put it, his uh, his website in the in the uh, in the notes for our podcast. For those of you uh, listening uh, today, you can go to the notes section of the podcast, find his website. We'll even put a link uh, to Amazon where you can pick up his book. Hey, Dr. Phil, we want to thank you, the OG Dr. Phil, the original. Dr. Phil is what we call him. We want to thank you for joining us today, uh, talking about the most powerful voice in your life, how to tame your self-talk. Uh, it's been good. We hope you've enjoyed today listening, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. That was absolutely, I mean, that was incredible stuff. Bro. I mean, Dr. Phil, I, he straight brought it. Um, it's, I mean, and, and again, you can check out that book. Matt said it. We're going to be throwing that up um, on our link. We'll be putting it on our Facebook page. We're going to be sharing it. Um, I'm excited. Uh, one of the things I do love most about it, Matt, is is honestly just the questions at the end. Whether it's small group or yes. whether or not it's like self reflection. After I read a chapter, it really helps me uh, dig into it. Um, that's I mean that's solid stuff. Yeah. Like as as he's sitting there uh, just talking about his book, I'm thinking about myself. Man, you need to stop telling yourself you hate yourself, bro. So much, you right? you like, know what? Like you know what? At this point, my right mind. Here, this podcast isn't as bad as I've been saying that it is. You know <laughs> my what? mind feels extremely forward, refreshed right yeah. now. I yeah, feel, and exactly. I, and I, on the real, you said it, PJ. Those questions at the yeah. end of the book. Uh, again, we we've read the book, um, and great questions, good stuff that you can apply to small groups or yourself. Yeah. And uh, any any final thoughts on that, man? Anything else you want to say? Man, I mean, again, I just I can't just knowing the heart of this book, reading the book, um, and then hearing those stories. Um, that are that are going to be inside that book at, at great detail. I'm telling you, it's it's a very I, I don't care what area of ministry you're in or if you're in ministry at all. Yeah. This is not just a 
a book for pastors right. and a book for leaders. Right. Like I just I just think that the moment that we come to the realization that that we grab a hold of what's going on in our mind, the voices in our mind, the things that we tell ourselves, is really the first step towards acting on doing the things that we know that we should be doing. Yeah. So I love it. Dude, episode fifteen. It's in the books. It is in the books. Hey, and uh again hit us up. Hey man, if you want to contact with again, share this pod. Listen, yeah. this podcast needs to be shared with everyone. Yeah. You need to listen to this episode. Get the book. We're going to put the website where to get the book, uh, how to connect with Dr. Phil in our in our notes again. And yeah. if you want to connect with us, maybe you want to give us some feedback, ask some yeah. questions again. It's DJ. John at EssentialCoaching.us and Matt at EssentialCoaching.us. Yo, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. We'll see you uh, in two weeks. Two weeks.